Do you find it challenging to parent your special needs child? Do you find yourself confused about how to discipline him or her since it seems that they need to be handled differently than your other children? That's the topic of today's episode on the Dorenda Wilson podcast. Welcome everyone. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. All three of those books can be found on Amazon. They can also be found at my website, DorendaWilson.com. And The 4-Hour School Day can be found at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to those places. If you would like a free digital download, it's a devotional that I wrote specifically to go with The 4-Hour School Day, please click in the link on the link in the show notes and it'll take you right there to subscribe for my monthly email newsletter. So if you're interested in that devotional, it's yours for free if you simply want to sign up for my monthly email newsletter. All right, so where are you finding counsel for your homeschool parenting? Psalm 1 says, "'Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, "'but his his delight is in the law of the Lord.'" Find wise counsel in the sure foundation of God's word at the free online homeschool parenting summit coming this October 16th to the 21st, 2023. Over 25 speaker videos, including Paul Tripp, Lou Priolo, Nancy Campbell, and many more will encourage you to set your heart on God's plan for parenting and find wisdom for faith filled action plans. Register today for free by using the link in the show notes. We all want our kids to grow up to be wise, mature, productive adults who follow Jesus and live purposeful, fulfilling lives. Nowadays, many parents are wondering if traditional college is helping or hurting that process. My friends at XL College are changing the game in higher education by allowing students to combine a world-class, biblically-based liberal arts-style curriculum with hands-on skills training as they finish their degree in just two and a half years, all of this while learning to thrive in the context of Christian community. And the best part, their model helps students graduate debt-free. If you want your student to learn how to build a life, not just make a living, send them to Excel College. They have just a few spots left for their January cohort. Learn more at theexcelcollege.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Lastly, I want to share my favorite math resource with you at CTC Math. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Creative graphics and animations synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher Pat Murray makes learning math easy and effective. CTC Math is favorably reviewed by Kathy Duffy's 103 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. So there's really no doubt that training and discipline can look very different for our special needs kids. But I think as moms, sometimes we get so sidelined or distracted by those kids' weaknesses 
and needs that we forget what God has called us to when it comes to biblical parenting. This can happen really quickly because their needs and their limitations can be so, uh, like I said, so distracting and overwhelming. Um, So it's understandable how that could happen. But today I wanna spend a little bit of time revisiting God's call on our lives as parents, whether our kids have special needs or not. One of the biggest temptations uh, as parents that we have, parents of special needs kids, is to let them walk in sin because we are so focused on their limitations that we are not actually dealing with their hearts. This can be a real challenge, but our children, like all children and like us, are born sinners. And as parents, we have a responsibility to address the sin in their lives. That is our job. And of course, we're we aren't going to call their limitations sin because they are not. But sometimes deciphering that can be really, really tricky. So we're not going to call those limitations sin, but we do need to hold them responsible for what is clearly sin. So I'll give you an example. Um, a, a, A teenage young man who is on the spectrum, struggling with uh, OCD while doing the dishes, okay? And so every day it's this long, long process and getting him to do it in a reasonable amount of time just is challenging because we're still figuring out, maybe this person is still figuring out how to deal with the OCD, but the child is capable, the young man is capable of getting the dishes done. It just this takes forever, right? So instead of just saying nothing, maybe when it's been a reasonable amount of time or it's maybe a ridiculous amount of time and the parent is addressing the son and the son is basically making excuses, saying, um, it's not my fault. Um, you know, you're, you're asking too much of me. I just can't do this. Um, asking specifically, what is it that was slowing you down? Specifically, tell me what it is. And they have to say, well, it was my, it was my, you know, my head getting stuck in my head. And um, at that point, what's required of them is to basically admit that that limitation has kept him from finishing his job. He's not being condemned for it. It's not being called sin, but he's still being held responsible for that particular thing. Now, obviously this, this, this is a young adult or an older teenaged boy. So he, um, you know, he can, you can have that kind of conversation with him if he's got that, that ability. And so, but the point is um, what can happen is that those kids can, as they become adults, end up not taking responsibility for what is their responsibility. So um, getting that job done and hopefully within a reasonable amount of time. And yes, if this is if this is causing a problem, then we are going to address it. So you give them lots of grace and all of that, but you want them to take responsibility for it. Because here's the thing, if he doesn't take responsibility for it, when you go to address the OCD issue, he's not going to want to put effort into it because he doesn't think he has a problem. And that's where sin happens, okay? That right there is pride. We want our kids to be able to admit, yes, this thing is limiting me. 
that's hard. It's difficult. But what does God call us to as believers? He calls us to humility. It calls He calls us to be honest with ourselves, honest with the people around us, and honest with God. And so we need to encourage that honesty, um, again, without condemnation, but definitely clarity there. Because if the parent in this situation did not actually hold that young man responsible he might not ever really admit that there is a problem there that needs to be addressed and then he wouldn't be willing to do the work that it takes to address the problem. So hopefully that was clear, but that's just one example. Um, But we need to ask God to help us see our children the way he sees them. We need to pray for wisdom that God would show us the sin in our kids' lives, including our special needs kids, especially our special needs kids, because we may be unknowingly blinded to that. And we need to ask God to open our eyes. This is an opportunity for the enemy to get a foothold in our child's life and in our family. So we need to be diligent in living out God's principles using the methods that the Holy Spirit leads us to. So, um, I want to talk about that for just a minute. You know, we're all called as believers to uphold certain principles. And I'm going to be sharing um, a reminder of these principles, some basic reminders or basic principles that we are called to as parents. But before I do that, I want to point out that as we we are living out these principles within our own families, the methods may look very, very different. They are varied. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit's wisdom. And for me, the the passage that I've always turned to uh, for many, many things, but especially parenting and homeschooling, is the passage in James 1 that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he believes, he must, uh, when he Ask, he must believe and not doubt, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded in all he does. So first thing we're hearing there is that God gives generously. He doesn't hold back. And he doesn't hold back and or only parcel out a little bit because we're not perfect parents. It says he gives generously without finding fault. And he promises that it will be given to us. But the caveat is we have a responsibility to trust and believe that he will give us that wisdom. So we pray, we cry out to the Lord. We ask specifically for the specific wisdom that we need. We ask for eyes to see our children the way he sees them, wisdom to know how to deal with their sin. Um, But again, we're shooting for the same principles, but the methods by which those happen and are played out are different from family to family. And that's why you'll see one thing work in one family beautifully and not in another family because God wants us to be leaning into him and depending on him. So here are some reminders of what we are called to as parents, whether we have special needs kids or not. Number one, we are called to pass God's law onto our children. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your 
gates. In other words, God's principles and his laws are going to be in the forefront of our mind and on the tip of our tongues, ready to share them with our children all the time. So we're called to pass God's law onto our children. But here's the thing. We don't want our children to keep the law. We don't want them to just keep the law. We want them to love it. And so we pray for opportunities to share things in a winsome way as much as possible. There are times it needs to be shared under difficult circumstances with resistance on their part, but we are called to share it nonetheless. And again, this may look different for each child, but the mandate or the principle remains unchanged, special needs or not. We are called to pass God's law onto our children. We teach them throughout the day as opportunities arise and within the scope of their understanding and maybe even a little bit beyond just to challenge them as they may understand far more than we think. And whether or not they understand more than we think, um, we need to teach them nonetheless we read scriptures to our children. We, we pray the scriptures over our children. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to help <clears throat> with a... <clears throat> I'll leave a resource in the show notes to help show you what that looks like. All right. So the first requirement of us as parents is to pass God's law onto our children. The second is being intentional. Proverbs 22 verse 6 talks about being intentional in training our children in God's ways. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So we want to give our children the gift of self-regulation, self-control, other awareness, awareness of God and his laws and what he has to say about things. Having special needs kids does not excuse, um, does not allow us to excuse them from sin within the scope of their limitations. But also we need to be careful that we're not afraid to challenge them a little bit. So it's definitely a fine line that we have to walk out as parents of special needs kids but it's possible. We just need need extra discernment from the Lord. And we want those kids to be everything that God has called them to be just as much as we want our other ones, our other children to be. Third important part of parenting is the importance of discipline. I'm going to read a few verses to you from the Proverbs on discipline. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them, Proverbs 13, 24. So I want to point out here uh, that I've done a couple episodes on discipline. One is called Let's Talk About Biblical Discipline, and the other is A Biblical Perspective on Gentle Parenting. So if you're listening to this verse and you hear the word rod and it just makes you bristle, please go and listen to those episodes because, and I'll leave them in the show notes, because there's it's important to understand what biblical discipline really is when the Bible is talking about the rod. What is it really talking about? So be sure to listen to those if you haven't. So most of the verses I'm going to read talk about the rod. And so 
I don't want your, you to be distracted by that. I want you to listen to the overall message of the verse. The second verse, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Proverbs 23, 13. <clears throat> a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. Proverbs 29, 15. Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights that you desire. Again, the methods that we use to carry this out with our special needs kids may look different, but the principle still stands. All kids need discipline. So I shared with you earlier the story or the example of holding a special needs child accountable for their responsibilities, for things that you know that they can do, right? I want to talk a little bit about respect. So that's kind of what I titled this was respect and responsibility in our special needs kids, because I think a couple of things that go downhill real quickly when we have special needs kids is holding them responsible, but also requiring that they speak to us in a respectful way. So I think what ends up happening is we are so sympathetic and empathetic toward their frustrations because they do have frustrations with the limitations that they have. And so we tend to not notice necessarily when they are speaking to us in a tone that is unacceptable. Now, I want to just emphasize to you the importance of this because God has called our kids to respect us. There, he has called them to certain responsibilities. And so we want to make sure that we are requiring that respect from them. And I'll talk a little bit more about those verses in just a minute. But the fourth thing that parents are supposed to do is to provide for their children. This is from 2 Corinthians 12, 14. It says, now I'm ready to visit you for the third time and I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. The other verse that I want to share is 1 Timothy 5, 8. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So we know we're to provide for our kids financially, but we also provide for them mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We are their caretakers. We are the gatekeepers of their hearts until they are old enough to keep watch over their own hearts. Now that day may never come if you have a special needs child that simply is not going to mature to that point, but we are still called to continue to provide for them. So one of the things that we need, I want to stop and just mention really quickly is the temptation with um, special needs kids to do all the things, specifically all the therapies, all the things that are out there to, to supposedly help them. I really want to caution you not to get... Uh, not to take on too much, not to take on financial burdens that you really can't bear as a family in order to feel better about what you are or are not providing for your child, your special needs child specifically. 
It's just a fact, moms. We cannot afford every therapy, every doctor, and we can end up with this burden of guilt. So I just want to put the brakes on that right now. And I want to say to you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Um, For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, Christ did in his own body. When he died for us, he took every bit of guilt, real guilt and false guilt. Now that's different than conviction. Now let me just say real guilt is conviction, right? We, it's okay to feel convicted about something that feels very different than false guilt. And I think as moms of special needs kids or, um, you know, just kids who are either very disabled or only slightly, wherever you are on the spectrum, we feel guilty a thousand times faster about the things that concern them. And what God wants is he wants us to lean into him. He wants us to know that that guilt is not ours to bear. God specifically gave us these children and he will equip us and he will provide for them. So I would just caution you to not allow yourself to go down that road and be working from a place of guilt and really a place of fear. That is what the enemy wants. And that's not in your best interest. It's not in your family's best interest, your marriage best interest, your finances. We need to be good stewards of everything we have. And that means that sometimes we're not going to be able to afford this therapy or that therapy. Pray, ask the Lord for wisdom, lean into your husband, ask him to really seek the Lord. Like what can we actually do without destroying our finances as a family? So I just want to, I just wanted to kind of end that little talk on provision, um, making sure that I address the guilt that we can feel um, again, because these these kids are are special needs. Now, let me just also say that 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 guilt and that fear um, can really eat us alive, and we need to just be really careful not to allow the enemy to do that. Because a lot of times, you know, we're worried that we're not going to be able to be enough for them. And God has provided therapists; He has provided um, different therapies and different things to help with our kids. But we do not need to do it all. Unload what feels like an absolute burden, and only keep the things that are working well for you. And and you know, just like we would do with all of the rest of our homeschooling, we need to do that with our special needs kids as well. All right. Um, number five, and this is the final point on um, what parents, what God, parents are called to, um, what God calls parents to, is not to provoke our kids. Okay, Ephesians six four says, "Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord." Or we are, we're also familiar with the phrase, "the nurture and admonition of the Lord." So our children have duties before God, all right? I'm gonna say that right up front. We need to sometimes be reminded of that. We're a lot of times so focused on our duties that we forget about their duties. Ephesians, uh, well, let's start with Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in everything for this is pleasing to the Lord. And then Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. God is clearly stating here that there will be consequences for disobedience and dishonor 
So our children need to be respectful and they need to take responsibility for what God says they are responsible for, which typically means the instruction and the directives that we as their parents have given them. Matthew Henry talks about bringing them up in the nurture and admonition, and this is what he has to say. Matthew Henry is a is a commentator. I think he's from around the 1600s. Amazing commentary, incredibly in-depth. I've learned so much from it, but I love the way he expounds on this. He says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition in such a manner as is suitable to their reasonable natures. So this brings us back to methods. The methods are going to look different, but the principle is the same. We must raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We must raise our special needs children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to a great parenting book by Joel Beek. Um, It's called Parenting by God's Promises. Um, So I'll leave a link. That'll make it easy for you to get there. So... As we close up this, uh, wrap up this podcast, I want to talk just briefly about what nurture and admonition means. You know, have you ever read that verse and went, hmm, I wonder what that actually specifically means? Because we know the Hebrew language is a lot more descriptive than um, English. So nurture or or padea, sorry, (laughs) padea is the general training of all parts of the child. So instructing his mind, shaping his character, bending his will, awakening his conscience, enriching his soul, and building his body. Okay, so I'm going to read that again, and I want you to think about this in terms of your special needs kids. The general training of all parts of the child, instructing his mind, shaping his character, bending his will, awakening his conscience, enriching his soul, and building his body. And we do that within the limitations that that child has and even maybe pushing them a little bit. Because what we find often is our kids can sometimes do a little more than we think they can. We don't want to exasperate them. We don't want to frustrate them. But a little frustration sometimes um, in the pursuit of maybe uh, uh, making that limitation to be a little less than it was before is not necessarily a bad thing. Just be prayerful about it. God will give you wisdom. All right, let's talk about the admonition. So we're raising them in the padea and uh, or the nurture, and then in the admonition, which is called nethusia. I hopefully said that properly. Um, this has to do with conduct, encouraging children to do what is right, rewarding good conduct, confronting them when they do what is wrong, and punishing their misconduct in an appropriate way. I'm going to read back through that. I want you to think about your special needs child and what that might look like for them. So it's encouraging children to do what is right, rewarding good conduct, confronting them when they do what is wrong, and punishing their misconduct in an appropriate way. I think it's also very important for other children to see that even though um, our special needs children have limitations, we are working to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are putting boundaries on them. We are holding them accountable to be responsible for what they can be responsible for and to be respectful. I think it's absolutely essential that our other kids see that. And we may have to explain sometimes why it looks different than it does for them. 
But I think at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is if they see us doing this, being faithful in the way uh, to to keep the same principle, just using different methods, um, it will keep a lot uh, less bitterness from happening, resentment from happening. Um, I have heard children talk about how they really don't like their special needs sibling because the parents let them get by with murder, right? We don't want to do that. We want every one of our children, including our special needs kids, to be everything that God has called them to be. And I believe that is possible as we pray and we uh, seek the Lord for wisdom. So no matter where your child is in terms of their special needs, We have a responsibility to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but we cannot do this without Him. The best thing we can do is to spend some time praying and considering whether or not we need to create more biblical boundaries for our special needs kids. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the children you have given us. Lord, all of our children in their own ways and to varying degrees challenge us. But God, we thank you that we can trust that you have matched us together perfectly with these children. What feels messy and chaotic, you can absolutely bring order to, and you're willing to bring order to. But look, God, we have to lean into you. We want our kids to be everything that you have called them to be. So help us to be faithful in doing our part. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 